calling Michael Bumpus former cooler wide receiver, current radio host on ESPN 710. Welcome back to another episode of Let Me Tell You. Today we have an amazing guest here with Michael Bumpus, radio host on 710 ESPN in Seattle and former Coog wide receiver. Thanks for coming on. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. All right. Why don't you give us the 30-second elevator pitch about yourself? Pitch about myself. I am a former Washington fo- Washington State football player, played for the Seahawks, played in the CFL with the Lions. I am now a business owner. Uh, I'm in the Seahawks media game as well. Married for 11 years in January, and I have three lovely kids, 10, 8, and 6, Michael, Kobe, and Jada. Wow, okay. Congratulations on 11 years. Big deal. Thank you, sir. Yesterday, student-athletes at Washington State University learned they could potentially turn their performance on the field into a source of revenue when the Supreme Court agreed to hear the case about NCAA and student-athlete compensation. How do you think this will impact college sports in the future? I think it will impact it a lot. The hardest thing is going to be how to distribute the money, right? Who gets paid what? Because there are going to be some guys who you know who are starters who put up points who make plays out there and there are guys who um aren't making plays or have the potential to later in life so i think it's going to cause a bit of jealousy i feel like within college sports but i also think it's necessary man when i played they sold number five jerseys at wazoo for a reason you know it wasn't because everyone liked the number five it's because i was just playing good football and they sold number 10 jerseys as well so I think it needs to be done. I think it will get done. The hardest part is going to be how to distribute this money and who gets the bigger piece of the pie. Oh, I think, so I, I'm i all for paying student athletes. I'm all for that. The market will dictate itself. So like, if you're valuable, it's like it's like any job. If you're valuable, you'll get paid. If you're not, you'll, you'll still get some pay. It's like Trevor Lawrence, if he was able to get paid, he would be a million dollars, just easy. But like mm-hmm. Lucas Bacon for the Cougs, not there's not a knock on Lucas, but he's the first person I thought of. Is not making Trevor Lawrence money, and I think I, I haven't played in a football locker room. I don't know, but just being around students who do have jobs, who have very successful, like let's say jobs, I don't personally get jealous of their success. I think I'm, I don't think personally that players might get jealousy, but then again, I haven't been in a locker room, so I think it's all just eventually everyone will just grow to like it. That's just my yeah, feeling. I, I, Yeah, I feel you. I think early in the process, right, the first few years is where you're going to have a lot of the issues because there are going to be guys who are like, look, man, I I want a bigger piece of the pie as well. But you make a good point. I mean, if you're not balling, putting up numbers, then why should you expect to get um, a bigger piece of the pie? So I think eventually it'll get to that. But the hardest part, in my opinion, is going to be the first three or four years. And then I think about just the, the students on campus because a lot of students feel athletes, are privileged and they get all these these other benefits, which I'm like, yeah, you know, we get to go to a training table and eat. We do have our, our books and our room paid for, but we're also sacrificing our bodies out there every single day and our schedules are crazy. Oh yeah, I've seen it. I've had a couple of the athletes come on. I had Jeff Pollard come on and talk. He goes, yeah, we have to be, we're in Pullman the entire summer. We're taking full course loads in the summer. Like, yeah, it is, it must be nice to have everything paid for not and also people always say every football player is on scholarship well that's not true not true some are walk-ons and it is basically a full-time job so yes there are benefits but it also is a huge time commitment so i'm with you on that in this situation what do you think schools stand to gain from this but also what do you think they stand to lose because they'll obviously i think schools will probably fight back on this because that does eat into mm-hmm. their revenue yeah end of the day it's a business you can call college sports and amateur sport, but that's a lie. It's a business because schools, TV stations are profiting millions 
by the labor, I guess, of these athletes. So, but how do schools benefit? I think that now you might be able, like a school like a UCLA, a USC, Stanford, those, those schools that are in California, those bigger markets, man, they might be able to draw some kids from the South, you know, who, who typically wouldn't go to these schools because you have the SEC. So the schools who are in bigger markets, I feel would benefit the most just because they can, they can use that in their recruiting. Like, look, man, we get you exposure. You get more money here. We'll get you on TV. So now um, they're tapping into the business part of it. I think schools like Washington State, the smaller schools are the ones who um, aren't going to see the same benefits. You might luck up and get a high recruit every now and then, and you'll be able to pay him and he'll make some money, but he'll look at California or he'll look at Texas or these other schools and say, all right, well, I love Washington State. I like the football program. I like the school, but now I'm factoring money into my decision. Maybe I go to a place where I'm a bit more marked. What do you think this, we're obviously in a global pandemic, in case you miss it. Um, <laughs> what do you think the, the pandemic, well, what are the lasting impacts for sports? For high school, these seniors are going to miss out. If they're not able to play their senior years, there are some guys who need it this year to maybe get that D1 scholarship or yeah. D2 or D3 or just to get on someone's radar. So a lot of talent is going to fall through the cracks and maybe go to smaller schools. Now, when you bump it to the college level, I think that it's hurt the development of some football players because they weren't able to train in the traditional training camp and the, the organized teams activities. And then as far as, you know, this year is kind of just like a retro year for everybody. It doesn't really count. So now you got freshmen coming in or competing with a guy who's a year or two older than him, but he's a freshman as well. So there's going to be like a traffic jam when it comes to trying to get guys on the football field. So it's, it's going to make for intense competition. I think the cream will rise to the top, but it makes it harder for these freshmen coming in to have success a lot earlier than they typically would. Right. And even in the, not yesterday was national recruiting letter of intent day. And Nick Rolovich did mention because of the, you have your scholarships, they roll over next year that they have to recruit for the next couple of years based off of that. You can't fill your class because you'll have seniors. So it really does change the entire landscape. Like the transfer portal, players are losing out on scholarship. It's just a whole mess, but that's just 2020 for you. Yes, it is. In a nutshell, there you go. Yeah. So obviously National Signing Day, you were a top 10 wide receiver in your class, 2014, 2004. You had a bunch of good guys in your class, Marshawn Lynch, Calvin Johnson, to name a few. You had a bunch of offers from LSU, Oregon, big time schools. What was your recruiting like? And why did you choose Washington State over traditional blue blood powerhouses? The recruiting process for me, it was fun, man. It was fun and stressful at the same time. I tell athletes, I'm like, look, unless you're like a number one pick or a top first round pick in a draft, this is when you're going to be sought after and wanted the most in your life. So enjoy the process. Uh, I know it's stressful, but take time and, and just take it in. And for me, that's kind of what I did. Um, it was harder to get a hold of me back in the days. You know, now you guys have Twitter and all this stuff. Back in my day, you had to really call a landline and hope that I was there, if not leave a message. So I'd come home to a bunch of messages and kind of get back to the guys that I wanted. So the recruiting process was fun to me. Uh, as far as picking Washington State, um, I actually committed to LSU verbally when Nick Saban was there. My dad oh, okay. lives in Mississippi. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to LSU. You know, they have a good program. Let's see what that's all about. My mom shut that down. She lives in LA. She goes, nah, man, that's too far. Uh, so then I commit to USC when Pete Carroll was there and I was ready to go. Signing day was what, three days before I was going to sign in. They call me and say, hey, we want you to redshirt. And I'm like, there's no reason for me to redshirt. I'm top 10 in the country. Um, I'm not feeling it. They brought in a guy, Dwayne Jared. He had a great career, ended up working out for them. So I knew um, if 
plan A or B didn't work out, I was going to go with plan C. And the reason why I liked Washington State was, one, they were coming off a 3-10 win seasons. Uh, they just beat Texas in the Holiday Bowl. They were throwing the ball a lot for that time, about 35, 40 times. Now you got to throw it 50 or 60 to be considered throwing the ball a lot. And just the family atmosphere, man. I went on that trip and no, there was no hate. I went on, on trips to LSU, to, to ASU, to UCLA, USC, and there was like, there was hate within the team, like guys hating on each other and calling each other out. And I didn't feel that at Washington State. So I had a plan C. I did think I was going to get to it, but I got there and honestly, it was the best decision of my life. Yeah, I think that's a common theme. Everyone you talk to, athlete, student, professor, the first thing they bring up is the family atmosphere. And I think that's just great. That's why I chose Washington State. And I love it. I, I love hearing that from everyone. It's just fantastic. Family, man. Washington State, Pullman is the only place I'd pick up hitchhikers. I see a kid walking in the snow. I'd pick him up, take him to Meadowbrook or wherever he was going. That's awesome. That's great. What was your initial reaction to Pullman the first time you step off the plane? I was shocked. I mean, I'm coming from, I used to live in San Francisco. So I just, I got off the airport, airplane. This is it. This is all we yeah. have. And I was like, <laughs> what was your reaction? My first, well, I got to go on a trip there. I went in October was my trip and it was beautiful. It was 80 degrees. They took us to Martin stadium. They played Arizona that day. They beat Arizona. So I got a taste of it. But as a student, when I came back on campus, Honestly, I was just fascinated with just the thing that, honestly, the craziness that got to me the most, the first thing were the logos in the middle of the street. I'm like, hold on, you have the Coog logo in the middle of the street, that's great. nuts. I'm from, I'm from LA. You don't, you don't put anything in the middle of the street unless it's a crosswalk or a turn sign, you know what I mean? So that was crazy to me. And then, honestly, man, I'm from LA. And just to see so many white people at one time in one area, I'm like, <laughs> this is something else. LA, man, it's so mixed up, man. I So uh, honestly, adjusting to that was a culture shock. You know, I'm like, all right, this is different than what I'm used to and what I, what I grew up with. Yeah, it definitely is a culture shock. This is an odd question, but your senior year, you're playing UCLA, speaking of UCLA, and you had to step in and be the emergency punter. Yeah. What was that like? Man, it was awesome because I played soccer growing up. Soccer was my first sport. I didn't play football until high school. So I'm familiar kicking the ball. And I'll never forget, it was, I think it was halftime or before the game. And our kicker got hurt. And Doba comes up to me, Coach Bill Doba, who was there when I was there. He goes, hey, bump, man, can you kick? I'm like, yeah, I can kick. I punted in high school. I kicked field goals in high school. Yeah, I can do it. Just in case, just be ready to go. And they took me out. I started kicking the ball, and, and they actually gave me a chance. And it was fun to do it because a lot of my high school teammates were actually in the stands watching that game, and they've seen me punt all through high school. It was cool, man. Uh, I think it was ABC put up a little, like, a split screen of me kicking a punt and catching a punt. Uh, so it was cool, man, something to, to check off the bucket list for sure. Uh, definitely. So speaking of all your friends in the stadium, so you obviously played college, high school, pro, and you played, I guess, locally because you're from, you went to school in Washington and then Seattle. What was it like? Do, do family and friends all ask for tickets? Like, is there a ticket limit when you play pro college? What's that like? Like, you must get hundreds of requests. Like, hey, we went to middle school together. Dude, I don't remember you. Yeah. yeah. Well, we at Washington State, no, because no one's really coming up but my mom or whatnot. So uh, there, but when we would go out of town, people thought in college that I just had access to so many tickets. I'm like, man, they don't give us tickets. Like you have to buy your ticket. Then when I got into the NFL, every game, there were probably at least two or three guys. And fortunately, um, the tickets weren't super expensive. So I would just pay for them myself. It's like, all right, well, I got your three. Two. Even if I didn't travel or dress that game, if the Hawks were in town, I tried my best to to hook my friends up. But that's something you want to do, at least something I wanted to do. These are people who have supported me my whole career. And if I can buy them a $75 ticket and it's not going to 
take food off the table for me, I was more than willing to do it. That's good. That's what you want to hear. Back to Wazoo really quickly. Okay, you were a great four-year starter. You don't hear that often. Like, four-year player, most people leave after three. All Pac-10 freshman team. Is there a highlight or a moment that just stands out to you? Yeah, man. Um, It was against Oregon my freshman year. It was, I believe, the third or fourth game of the season. And Marty Martin, who was the guy I was playing behind, ended up getting hurt. So I knew I was going to start this game. And the Evergreen, I did an interview with the Evergreen. And they asked me, they go, you know, are you excited to play? And I'm like, yeah, I just want to back up all the hype I came up here with. And I said it nonchalantly. I didn't really put much into it. But then I'm walking around campus and people are like, all right, bum, let's back it up. Let's back it up. I'm like, damn, all right, I really got to back this up. And I ended up catching a two-point conversion in that game. And then I took a pump back to the house that game. For, for me to go to put it out there like that and say I want to back it up and then to go out and perform, I also had like three or four catches. It was awesome. That was kind of like my my welcome to the Pac-10 moment. It was dope. Oh, Pac-10, wow. That's strange. Yeah, right, crazy. <laughs> uh, you definitely backed up, that's for sure. And then impressive to hear the Evergreen making circulation. I haven't heard an Evergreen article quoted in a long time, but that's cool. <laughs> Big ups, Evergreen, man. Yeah. The Apple Cup didn't happen this year, obviously. You were 3-1 and one, your career, so that's pretty good. I have yet to experience a football Apple Cup win. I'm hoping for one of those soon. Got basketball last year. That was cool. Yeah. What Did those games mean something special to the players? And No, nah, it's, um, you know, as a guy from California, I had to experience it to really understand it. To me, I'm like, oh, it's a rivalry game. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's do this. But as you get closer to the game, you get hit up by alumni, you start to feel the energy in Pullman. And then when it comes to game day, it just felt different. And so I didn't really understand it until I got in the game and got into the game atmosphere on a Cougar football Saturday and, and felt it. And uh, when we won the game is when I really felt it because that was the first time I've been on the field when people rushed the field and they were picking up Will Durden. They carried him off the field. And I'm like, this means a lot because from Cali, I didn't really study the history between Washington State and University of Washington. And then after that game, I went back. I'm like, man, we've lost this game a lot. Like, that's why this game means a lot to so many people. So after my freshman year, I really understood it, man. And and I was fortunate to be on, on teams that, I mean, we're the only class to win three out of four of those things. So that, that was cool. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I'm same boat. I had San Francisco didn't know anything about Washington State, Washington until I got here. Now I'm like, I hate the Huskies so much now. <laughs> you graduate, what'd you study? So uh, Ed, but my emphasis was on uh, human development. I, I really like to understand why people are the way that they are. And I think that's kind of helped me in my career, honestly, because um, I own a business, train kids and, and, and men and women, and then get into the media business. And our job is to kind of create stories and, and get the most out of people. And I feel like if you can understand why someone is the way they are, what makes them tick, that provides for better service when it comes to training, and it provides for better interactions when it comes to interviewing like this. Oh, I totally agree with that. I think most things are mental. You have to get past the mental block, and it's a lot easier. Yeah. So obviously, you, you were undrafted, signed with the Seahawks. What is that like as an undrafted player? Because now you hear about play undrafted players, you know, not getting as many reps. How do you impress? How did you impress the Seahawks to actually make the roster? Yeah, you're right. You don't get many reps and you can't make many mistakes. So they'll cut you so quick, man. And I think that's what kind of helped me out is that when it came to knowing the playbook, like I just knew it in and out from every position and every opportunity that I had, um, I took advantage of it. And I played well during the preseason. That's when undrafted free agents, that's your season. 
I mean, I'd, I'd get ready for a preseason game against the Raiders and the veterans are, are loose and they're laughing. They know they're going to play 10 plays and then they're done with me. I mean, I, I took it so seriously, man. I would even practice. I would um, be by myself, headphones on. I try to get nice and pretty when it comes to the wristbands and stuff. I had to treat because practice was my game because I didn't know if I was going to play this week. I didn't know if I was even going to be on the team. So I think what helped me and I would assume what helps other free agents is that you understand the position that you're in and that you're on a short leash. Like you don't, you weren't drafted in the first three rounds. If you're drafted in the first three rounds, you're pretty much there for a year or two guaranteed. But just having the underdog mentality and coming from Washington State, man, that's just how we're built. So Washington State kind of prepared me for that moment because I'm like, look, no one expects me to make this ball club. What can I do to separate myself? Uh, know the playbook and make every single play. Every ball that's thrown to me, I have to catch the football. So when your numbers called, you have to be ready to respond at the highest level possible. At the highest level, man, because you, you might get you might get one football thrown to you in practice. And if you drop that football, they're going to look at somebody else. You make the team. Take us through your first game and then take us through your you caught a touchdown. So what was that experience like? Uh, my first game was crazy. It was against the San Francisco 49ers. I'm from Cali. I grew up loving the 49ers. Oh. I mean. I'm from L.A. Oakland, uh, the Raiders left when right. I was like seven years old. So naturally, I gravitated to Steve Young and Jerry Rice and T.O. and all those guys. So right. my first game was against the 49ers, and it was nuts. Uh, I go out there. I'm, I'm doing my pregame warm-up. I'm looking at the 49ers warm-up, and uh, I just looked around and took it in. I'm like, man, I'm here. I made it. Now it's time to work. So then um, a couple games later, I got my first touchdown, my only touchdown against the, the St. Louis Rams at the time. And I knew I was going to get a shot because we were in the, the scenario was set up. You know, you kind of know what players are going to be called depending on where you are on the field and down in distance. And we got down to about the 10 yard line. They called my package. It was called the E package back when I played with Hasselback and those guys. And I'm in the huddle and I hear the play and I'm like, all right, this is my chance. I, I'm the second option on this play. I motion across the formation. I see the defense. I believe they stayed in a too high look. So I'm, I'm like, all right, I might get this football. And I pretty much just ran a, a shallow cross. And I swear to you, it was like everything slowed down. Like he throws me the football. It's in slow motion. I catch the football. It's like in the movies. The movies do a great job because it slows down. I catch the football. And as soon as I catch it, everything speeds up and the crowd gets loud again. My buddy, Trent Shelton, who is a... Um, a great speaker now. Uh, he's a, he's an influence, influencer on social media. Check him out, Trent Shelton. We had a a dance we would do in practice because he was an undrafted free agent guy myself. And we're like, whoever scores first, we have to do the dance. So I do the dance. Boom, I run to the sideline. I forget the football. Julius Jones, who was a running back at the time, he grabs the football for me. He goes, bump, man, don't forget your football. So big ups to Julius Jones for grabbing that football for me. But um, it was a great moment, man. I only got one. Uh, but uh, it was it was awesome to experience. That's still pretty cool. Do you do you have the football still? Yeah, my mom has it. I, I sent it to her. Yeah, moms do a lot of work. They definitely deserve it. Definitely. All right, so you ready for the speed round? Let's do it. All right, this is really hard. Hardcore questions here. Ferdinand's <laughs> ice cream or Cougar Gold? Cougar Gold all day, every day. Okay, what what flavor? Your Ferdinand's? Yeah, I'm Ferdinand's. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm ice cream over that. cheap, but I mean, I won't bash Cougar Gold because it's really good, but I, yeah. I like ice cream better. I love, I put cheese on almost anything. I put too much cheese on. So my wife is Mexican. So a lot of stuff she makes has cheese on it. I'm like, hey, double up on the cheese bag. I, I love me some cheese. There's no such thing as too much cheese. I'm with you on that. <laughs> All right. So favorite restaurant in Pullman? Favorite restaurant in Pullman. 
Oh, uh, what is that? What is that restaurant called? Is it Vallarta? Is it Vallarta? Oh, oh. Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, the Mexican yes. place, right? The Mexican yeah. place. And that's because that's where I had my first date with my wife. I invited her there. So every time we go back to Puma, we got to hit up Puerto Vallarta. Is, did, she, did, did she go to Washington State? Yep, she graduated from there as well. Uh, fondest, I guess, is probably going to be it. Fondest non-football memory from Pullman. I'm assuming it's meet your wife. Uh, yeah, that's one of them. But you know, okay. let's let let's try to let's try to give you something you want to expect. Fondest memory. I would non-football, non-football, non-football. Yeah, non-football. fondest non-football. Um, I would say, you know what, man? I used to I used to party. I used to have fun. So I just hanging out on Greek Row, you know, and and bouncing around and feeling because I'm from L.A. And when you go to parties, you got to be on point. You got to look around, see who's there. And in Pullman, I never felt that way. And I think that's one of the reasons why I liked it, because you can literally just have fun, be yourself, and not worry about any of the bull stuff. Like, you guys fight, and that happens, whatnot. But no one's no one's pulling out a gun. <laughs> no one's trying to hurt anybody like that. So my fondest memories will be off-season, chilling with my boys, just bouncing around from party to party and having a good time. I feel that. All right. Uh, where can people find you on social? Plug anything you want. Social media, IG, Michael Bump is five. The number five, Twitter, same thing. Michael Bump is five. Thursday nights on 17 ESPN, I host Hawks Live. Tonight, I'll be on for seven to nine. Pre and post game on Sundays. And if college football gets going again, I will be covering Big Sky football on Root Sports. So I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm, trying, to get, I'm trying to get it in, man, as much as I can. Big Sky, that's NAU, right? Northern Arizona, they're in there? Uh, I think North, North Arizona, that's like Eastern Washington, yeah, okay. State, Sac State. Yeah. yeah. So is that Big Sky? Yep. Okay, my friend uh, JP, uh, Jerome Powell is a wide receiver for NAU, so watch out go. for him. Yeah. I'll be looking out for him. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, no problem. Keep doing your thing, man. Go Thank get you. it. Anything you want to do in this world, work hard. You got it. Like he was 18 or 19. He looked like a young guy. Ben, yeah. you should have done this guy right. What, I get him a stripper? What do you want no, me to do here? I mean, I, mean, I get him a prostitute? What were you